12. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James, and I also read from the Amplified. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. For we dare not class ourselves at for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. And I'm going to read this also from the Amplified Version. And it reads, We do not have the audacity to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with someone who supply testimonials to commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they lack wisdom and behave like fools. Amen. The Bible is saying to us here that when we compare ourselves or when we measure our worth, when we measure our achievement, when we measure the quality of our lives by other people's standard, the Bible says we behave like fools. In the past three weeks now, we've been talking about unhealthy comparison, escaping the trap of unhealthy comparison. I've stated repeatedly that we are emotional beings. We are, hmm, okay, maybe emotional can be too extreme on the side because it may have a negative connotation. But what I'm trying to say is that we are wired for connection. We are beings of emotion. So we, we are wired for relationships, right? So we cannot exist independently. We are created to, in, to, to exist interdependently. So no one is a highland of knowledge. No one can exist on their own. No one can know it all. God has designed us to function like a body, like a human body. Different parts have different parts having different function. You know, I like how the book of I think First Corinthians twelve tells us that uh, when Paul, when Apostle Paul was correcting the uh, the body, or was correcting the church, so can the head say? No, I can't remember the, precisely the part he mentioned, but can the nose say he does not need the hand? You know what? Let's just go there. First Corinthians twelve. Uh, First Corinthians. Chapter 12, fantastic, verse 15, he said, okay, I will take it from, guys, you know, let me try not to rush the service today because it took us a while to, to get things up and running this morning and usually I'm tempted to try to catch up with time. So, okay, advanced morning, I'm going to take an extra 10 minutes of your time. Uh, today we're supposed to finish at kind of 11.15, then we have our round table, but I'm not going to take this all the way down to like 11.35, right? Because you guys have had a long break while we're trying to set up all the technical stuff here. Amen. So I'm going to take my time to do this. I want to believe God for a supernatural walking of the Lord in my life today that I'll, I'll smash this teaching today. <laughs> Amen. It's interesting when I look at the expression on my wife's face. All right, let's do this. So first Corinthians 12, I'll take it from verse 1. So I've said all of that to tell you that it's going to be a long read. Are you ready for this? Let's do this. Now, now concerning spiritual gifts, the brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts by the same Spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all, who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom 
through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another descending of Spirit, to another the different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Let's take a pause there. Now, the Bible is telling us here that for we as believers, right, God has designed us in such a way that we should function together. We, now, it is one spirit that distributes giftings, divine graces, divine abilities to different people. So each one has his own place. Each one has his own assignment, yet the same spirit. Can I say here, when a believer or a Christian begins to, tr- begins to compete with another Christian, they are working against the kingdom of God. Because in the body of Christ, we are called and wired to complete each other, to bless each other, to support each other towards a common goal. Can I also say that when believers begin to compare with each other, it clearly tells us that or show that they have taken their eyes off the ball. Jesus is no longer the focus. Because the giftings of the Spirit, the divine graces, the divine abilities given to us were given to us to be a blessing to one another as we advance the course of the kingdom on earth. And when I say the kingdom, I'm talking about a realm. I'm talking about a a way of living, a way of life that is ruled, that is according to the standards or the set principles of a king. And when I talk about the set principles of a king, I'm talking about God. So we're talking, when we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about God's domain, God's kingdom, God's realm, God's principles and conduct, how he does things, what he wants. When we make or when we declare that Jesus is Lord over our lives, we are simply saying we are submitting to the lordship of Jesus and what does the lordship of Jesus entail? Matthew chapter 18, go into all the world, preach the gospel, and make disciples of all men. He sent all of us to go out and make disciples. It's the first Timothy chapter 2, now verse 4, says that, uh, you can read from verse 1. He said, now God does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But he wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So look at the context of the assignment and of the of the of the of the assignment of yeah, all our responsibilities in God's kingdom. What do we do to what? go out there, preach the gospel, win souls to Christ, and raise disciples? What what are we called to do? You know, to lead people to Christ and also to help people come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to manifest the creative ability of God on the inside of us. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to show, we're supposed to show and to demonstrate the image and the character of God to humanity. We are an extension of the ability of the creativity of the nature of God on earth in human form. So collectively as a body, we have so much to do. And no one person can do it on their own. So if we choose or we say we submitted ourselves to the Lord Jesus and we say we we operate or we live in the kingdom of God, there should be no competition. Can you compare? Can you look at where you are 
and you look at similar gifting that God has given to you, and you see somebody else operating in that gifting, and challenge yourself to be better, should you do that? Absolutely. But to compete to want to be better than other people so that you can shine or defining your sense of worth and value by your accomplishment or by the accomplishment of others relative to where you are is unhealthy. Either way, unhealthy comparison, it hinders the advancement of the kingdom of God. Amen. So the Bible tells us, just like we see it in the Bible here, that God has given to each one of us different giftings. Right? <laughs> the Bible makes us understand it is the same spirit. The Bible says at some point, it said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. So when believers begin to sabotage the effort of one another, begins to undermine the, the position of others, begin to compete, begin to do all this kind of envy, strive, anger, I'm a dickin, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dickin, I'm a dickiness, do you know who I am? All of these are ungodly. They are attributes of the fallen nature. Let's go to the book, let's go to the book of James chapter 3. We'll come back to Romans, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. James 3. I'll start from verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a, strict, a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is perfect, is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put Pete beat in horses' mouth that they may obey us and return their whole body. Look also at sheep, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder. Wherever the pilot deserves, even so the tongue is, you know, I think I'm. And where am I going? I'm going to uh, James 3, 16. So guys, let's jump, please. Watch this. Let's go to verse 13. In my mind, I was thinking I was going to verse 6. We're going to 16. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. Where you see is also add ah. Is he and she. Amen. But if you have bitter, envy, and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. What's talking about compu uh, unhealthy comparison? Don't forget, one of the definitions of unhealthy comparison is defining your worth, right? Defining your worth and your value based on the accomplishment of other people. Your worth and value, what you think you're worth, based on the accomplishment of other people. Either on the high side or on the low side. When I say high side, if they seem better than you, you see yourself inferior. Or if they seem inferior to you, you see yourself higher. Either way, if you, your worth 
and value, your estimation of your worth and value is relative to people around you, that comparison is unhealthy, it is evil. I touched on a few things that this kind of things produces in our lives, right? And one of which is hostility, which is kind of what I'm trying to expand here. Hostility, competition, unhealthy competition amongst ourselves and all kind of stuff. I'm not condemning competition, right? Competition should be aimed at becoming better, you know, maximizing your potential, stretching yourself, right? I'll, I'm going to get my kids to compete, but I'm going to manage how I go about it because of all of the negative, negativity around us today. Amen. So, unhealthy comparison, can we say what it, it, it has a tendency to produce in our lives here? Yeah? You know, uh, envy, uh, I'll take verse 14 again, but if you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your heart, bitter envy, self-seeking, because when you think your worth is the <laughs> when you estimate your worth and your value estimate your worth and your value you know relative to what other people have when people around you seem to this is a very negative one say for instance you've always thought you are better than other people because you know according to yourself you're higher you're superior watch this and you have developed some toxic evil pride attitude of pride watch this now when people around you are trying to ascend, are trying to progress, are, push, are begin to remove or take away the limits on their life. The arrogance and the pride and the envy in you would want would influence you or prompt you to tear them down, bring them down so that you can remain on top. I have real life experience. People have done this to me for years. Men, and I'm talking about Christians, even pastors. I remember a pastor when I, was still, when I was still in Nigeria before I relocated to the UK. So we, we had this conference. I have a heart for young people. I think this journey, this lighthouse journey, I'm going to give you guys a gist about the lighthouse. Watch out. I mean, Transmars Church, we have big things happening this year. Big things starting this year. They are huge. And I'm super excited. But if you, whatever you see online, whatever you see happen you know, later on the year, towards the end of the year, please don't think it was, it was an overnight success. Please don't even think it. I get to me. This last month marks one year of intensive, grueling study to, uh, to craft, to understand and to craft the future church, what a future church will look like. You know, most of our churches today are empty, right? Young people, is that you entice them, you lie to them, or you... You, you connect with them <laughs> based on where they are. <laughs> I don't want to lose my thoughts here. I'm just trying to psych myself to some extent here. Okay, I'm not going to say too much. But if, whatever you see, it wasn't an overnight success. That's what I'm trying to say. Where was that before I got, I, I got distracted? So I said, so the, 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 the pride in you would, would uh, influence you to bring other people down. If you've had some kind of, if you've seen yourself to be superior to other people, there's something I was saying, I, I lost it. If someone can remind me, that'll be helpful. And if you guys can't remind me, then you guys are not paying attention. But that's fine, right? So I'll, maybe it's good for me to come back on track. <laughs> so I don't, I don't take so much time today. So let's get back to it. For verse 16, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So I was saying that if your mind, if you see yourself superior to other people and uh, you have been you have been infected with pride and arrogance. When such people begin to you know, remove the limits in their life, 
you you you'll be motivated to tear them down. So I was talking about yeah, now I remember. It's Oli is very good. He wants me to talk about this. So I was talking about uh, the pastors who have done similar things to me because I actually want to give you guys a real life example. So sometimes we come to preach and teach, and you sometimes you don't realize that we've gone through some worse things than some of you guys have, have been through, and some of you must have may have been through worse than we are. But let me give it a practical example. I mean, that which applies to my life. So this pastor, you know, I have this way. This is where I got I got distracted. I have a pastor for young people, right? And um, so for the for the church family, that's the reason why you see uh, the I updated the the mission statement this morning because we are called to guide people on their transformative journey of becoming of discovering their worth in Christ Jesus, their worth and their their, their worth, their purpose and their identity in Christ Jesus. And in the same vein, we are we are looking to raise servant leaders. Amen. So. That's my assignment. And it's interesting that as I'm speaking this morning, I can see this in my life all the way back to like over 25 years ago. That's what I'm trying to say. So this, so I was attending this church. I've actually experienced with two pastors. <laughs> so I came out of what we call secondary school. Is that what you, what you call college? Eh? No, that's A-levels. High school. So I came out of high school. You know, as a, I'm, only, I'm usually passionate you know, with what I do. And I just realized that Sunday service was boring, in, in, not in a mean way, but like we have a lot of young people in church and we don't really have anything, anything we're doing with our lives. It's just there, you know, and I'm, I'm, and I'm thinking, guys, we can do much more with our lives. Like we can, we, we can take over the nation. We can take over the city. You know, I was very passionate and I'm still very, to very much extent. <laughs> so I decided to, uh, I decided to hold a, a kind of a youth meeting, right? So I went around trying to like catch up with, uh, speak to some guys like, you know, it's good for us to have, you know, can we have, I can't remember the detail of the steps I followed. But I went to talk to the pastor. I said, you know what? I, if he doesn't mind, I can run a youth meeting, meeting, you know, where just young people come to church. We talk about challenges they are going through. We talk about the Bible and blah, blah, blah. Oh, guys, are you ready? <laughs> So the man was like, yeah, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Blah, blah, blah. I spoke to another pastor as well who could guide me into it. So I was sick. I was speaking to, to elders. So I wasn't, I wasn't doing this in isolation. So I was involving them in all of the plans. You know, where we are, what we've done, what's going to happen, what we've done. I was carrying them along. So on the day of, this, of the youth meeting, meeting, the pastor called me and he was like, he was not going to make it happen. I'm like, mate. We've been talking about this for a long time. And the day we were going to go live, I mean, the youth were actually arriving in church. It is possible that one thing that made him feel very uncomfortable is that when he calls for meeting with young people, they, they, they drag their feet to church. And this guy, this young guy just wants to hold a youth meeting and all of you are in church. So we, we dragged it, we dragged it, we dragged it. You know, as I was talking, he, he, he couldn't stop us from having the meeting, but it was, you know, you can pick the attitude. Then he said to, then he said to me, well, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go there and I'm going to tell them that I have trained you, I've told you, I've given you a message and you're going to be you echoing my message to them. I'm like, whatever, that's fine. It's your church. You know, I've carried you along on this journey all along, but so he went to the, he went there, you know, he spoke, 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 and he said, you know what, so I'm calling to Tunday, he's going to be doing this, you know, on my behalf, or you get that kind of thing. I didn't, I didn't bother, I just, 
you know, I just went there, we delivered the message, we made an altar call, what you guys call altar call, I mean, we, we make invitation for people to come to Jesus. And these guys came to, and people came, actually, young people came out to give their life to Christ. It was shocking. My younger sister was among them. I was like, oh, don't see me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, so, and it came, you know, it, and I invited them to actually pray for these young people and things like that. And, you know, bless, bless the church family, bless us. And, you know, as a father kind of stuff. By the time I got to church the following morning, all hell broke loose. He had consulted the parents of some, of, of some kids. He has held a meeting with the church staff and they ripped me into pieces in the meeting. They called me all manner of names. I'm talking, I'm talking about the lead pastor of the church. They called me all manner of names. They called me a rebel. All manner. They went as far as telling young people not to follow me. You know, they, they, they ganged up with the parents of the young people. They, they were going to destroy me with everything possible because of something that seemed like a success that they did not have. Now, that is to show you how horrible or how mean and how wicked any individual can go. I'm talking about the pastor who owns the church. I'm just a young kid coming in to just be a blessing to people, to support him. Amen. That's my... So... Things were not going fine. There was hostility right to left and center. They were calling me names and kind of stuff like that. And the pastor was the pioneer of every evil thing that was against me in that church. So I had to leave. I went to another church. In the spirit of Tunde Cole, praise the Lord. We can be a blessing. I got to this church. It was a very small church. You know, they have potentials. I saw potentials. And I said, so along the line, I think about six or eight months into the church, or I think about eight months, I can't remember, into church. So I had, I had a very close relationship with the uh, assistant pastor. And, you know, they were talking about the youth, you know, the youth are not responsive, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, you know what? We can do a youth conference. We can do a youth meeting. Now, let's see how it goes. Like, you know, let's, let's do it. So with 2,500 Naira, which I, I, it was a long time, but all I spent on publicity and everything was 2,500 Naira. And um, I went to print one of the guys in the church. Young people are so blessed. One of the guys in the church had choral draws. Choral draw is a kind of an art, um, you know, like graphic design, graphic design application. So he designed something, just something for us on, on A4 paper. And I went to print it from the uh, local. Yeah, just something. Just, just watch this. Just, I, just print, I printed something out. And... You know, we started posting the, speed, the, 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 the flyers on walls in you know, Nigeria. You know, we can't do that in the UK here. On walls and shops and things like that. Now, the size of the church, I think, was less than 150. We had an attendance of over 150. We had an attendance that exceeded the capacity of the church. No, exceeded, exceeded the size of the church in that meeting. People who have never been to the church showed up. I mean, the, the largest meeting they've had, the attender, the attendee, and majority were not members of the church. The members of the church were like probably like 15 or 20. The remaining 130 were from outside of the church. Now, the owner of the church was hanging around. It was a success. That was it. The young people were very happy. So that was on a Saturday. The following Tuesday, 
I was in church. And the man walked up to me and said, we are holding a youth conference. I'm bringing this person from this state, this state. They're going to be flying down, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, today is Tuesday. We just finished one on Saturday. So what they said to me was that the only task they are giving me is to go print flyers. So they designed everything. They did everything by themselves. Gave me money to form my, the, the, the vehicles and go and paste posters. They handled everything from start to finish. Can you guess how many people attended? Apart from the last day, we didn't have up to 10 people attend to the three-day conference. Yeah. We didn't have up to 10 people both morning, after, morning afternoon, and evening session. Except for when they, when they invited the lady, I don't want to mention her name, who came from Kaduna, who was very famous. The man was filming, he was angry. Do you know what happened off the back of that? He was angry at me, angry against me, and saying all manner of evil and wicked things about me to the assistant pastor. It was so bad that when I was going to uni, normally they would call people to pray for them to go to uni. I, was, I left this church in a kind of like, as, as a nobody. Because the rivalry was too much. I was just about eight, 18, 18 or 19, and the man, and this man is, is very, very, very rich. Unhealthy comparison will make you, can turn you into a monster. That's what I'm going. I just came out of secondary school, high school. And these guys have been in business. I mean, they are very rich. They have connections. I don't have what they have. Now, this man had at some point, the second man, had at some point that I was going to be traveling to the UK. And when he heard about it, he said, no, they would never give you a visa. Where do you think you are going? He said it to my face. And these two pastors and more have tried in their life to ensure they limit me that I don't make any progress. As long as I, I come underneath them and I, and I do things according to how they do, not according to how they do it, because I don't have a problem. It's, it's your church. Anywhere I can support. Amen. You see the reason why I'm usually skeptical about adults, um, adults in uh, particularly in Africa, Nigeria, and I'm, I'm, and I'm going to say this with all confidence. I don't give a rip what anybody says or anybody comments there. If anybody share any kind of silly comment there, trust me, I'm not going to just hide it or delete it. I'm going to respond. And this is one of the reasons why a lot of young people today do not trust leadership. So if you're a young person watching me or listening to me, Okay, I don't know what you've been through. Talk about church hurts. And that's just, that is true among many. Every church I've been to, there's been a kind of manipulation and control. Every church. I think it's one, just one church because I was not very close to leadership. But every church where I've gone to serve and try to be a blessing. Even the one that I'm talking about, I was trying to even serve in the prison ministry. And the leaders of the prison ministry held hostile and strong... I went, to, I went to speak in the prison and men lined up. I mean, each time I go to the prison to speak, you see manifestation of the spirit, people giving their life to Christ, people tearing up. There was, I, finished speaking, I finished ministry at this prison one day and this guy walked up to me. He could not speak. He was, he was tearing up. He was, so, he was crying so badly that he couldn't speak. So those news go out very fast and when people hear about that, People just hold, I mean, these women hated me. So I don't go to the prison they go to. They go to female prison. I go to 
in immigration center because of what they had happened there or what happens there hostility to the point that i had to pull out now on reflection i don't think there's any church i've been to and try to use my gift to be a blessing not independently not as a show of that the people have not been wicked against me and tried to get me out of the system all of them now on reflection all of them what is what is in our brain what are we thinking when have we become this can you see the reason why christianity seems like a joke because the people who ought to be a blessing to one another strengthening one another are comparing and competing with one another they that measure themselves or compare themselves by themselves are fools the bible says it not me sometimes when we don't understand the implication of our actions and how it affects the body of christ we go out and start messing about not knowing that when we do anything out of envy and strife and division we destroy the church we destroy lives do you know how many young people don't want to come to church anymore do you know that at some point in my life i didn't want to go to any church that has anything to do with that, we, that okay, any church that is led by an African pastor. Until I went to the churches that were led by non-African pastor, and I saw how horribly racist they were. Except for a few. I was I was I followed a a, a, a pastor of one of those churches. I can't remember their name now. Caucasian pastor, but they have a name. They have a name. I want to call their name. The network. Um, I, can't, I can't remember. So there's a popular network, hmm? Catalyst. Now, one of the churches, in, one of the leaders of the Catalyst movement, I followed a man to a particular church in Birmingham. And um, so I was asked to sit in an area, in a, you know, at B, you know, in an area kind of where the other leaders were sitting. Trust me, when I go out, I, do, I test people, to be honest with you. I will not carry myself to be big. I will go as simple as possible. So I wore my T-shirt and a kind of jacket on it, and I was so quiet and very, I mean, when you see me outside, Tom, when you see me in town, in public, and you see these guys you know, speaking, you can't you can reconcile the two, because I'm going to be very quiet. And the reason is this. When I go to other people's territory, I mind my business. When I'm in my territory, I express myself. So watch this. So I was asked to sit somewhere around where the, uh, what's called, the leader sat, right? And, and the pastor's wife walked up to me, treated me like a nobody. You could see the look, how she spoke to me, how she sent me away. You know, you know with the expression and everything, you can just tell that, you know, you don't, you don't matter. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't count here. And asked him to go and sit at the back. <laughs> Do you know what I did? I followed through. I was, I was doing everything. He, he, she, she, she treated me like with disgust. And I know it's racism because it's white and black. I know this thing. Don't tell me I've been in this country for 15 years. I know what I'm talking about. Then someone said to her that, no, he came with this person. Who was like, oh, I'm sorry. And she felt so sorry. To the point that even when I was leaving, she was like, you didn't tell me you came with this person. And I was thinking, it doesn't matter. 
Whether I came with this person or not, I'm coming to your church for the first time. You don't treat me like a piece of trash. What am I trying to say? Are we thinking? It kind of tells me that we don't know what the word of God says. It tells me that we are still very carnal. Carnal, fleshly, using our mind to decide situations. Do you know that what I've talked about this morning was not what I planned to do? I, I did not think about this scope in, I didn't think about the scope of this in my teaching. It's interesting that God was leading me to open our eyes to see that unheld, how unhealthy comparison destroys the church. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and look at the division in the body of Christ in that church. One says, I'm of, I'm of Paul, and that one says, I'm of Apollos. Paul asked them, he said, did I die for you? Am I Jesus Christ who died for you? What is the reason for this rivalry amongst you? Competition, comparison. Is everybody all right? And the three examples I gave were just few of many. I mean, um, that I don't even want to think about. All because we are not thinking. We don't understand what Christ means. We have taken our own ambition to church. We estimate our value and worth based on what people have. We elevate ourselves beyond normal. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So I'm going to go to, is it 15? And now, so uh, verse 12 right now. Now, verse 12 says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Looking at it from the spiritual realm, spiritual side of things, and physically, we are not called to exist dependently. We are called to exist interdependently, being a blessing to one person. Other people, other people being a blessing to you. You cannot have what everybody has. You can never know what everybody knows. God has used a lot of things in this world, even your own body, human body, to show you that you cannot stand alone and exist. You need people in your life. And your, your best action or best course of action is to ensure that you play your part very well. Verse 13, for, for, by one, for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not, watch this, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be he, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? You don't know it all. I'm praying this morning that as I speak that the shackles, the bondage, and the, and the strongholds of unhealthy comparison, competition would die in people's heart. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. 
Ephesians 4. I'll read from verse 16. But I like to read it in context, right? Okay, let's do this. Let me take it from verse 11. But we're going to, see, we're going to 16. I'm gonna shut. I'm gonna shut up here, right? And then we go. And I'll continue. And I'll open my notes next week because I didn't open my notes at all. I didn't. I didn't. And then I didn't, I didn't go there. Amen. Verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of the sinful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all these things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together uh, by what every joint supplies according to the working, uh, according to the effective working uh, by which every part, watch this. Let me take the verse 16 again. From whom, talking about Jesus, the whole body join and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part, say every part, Every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Oh my goodness. Guys, go, go meditate on this. Ephesians 4.16. Go meditate on this. You want to see effectiveness in the body of Christ? You want to see effectiveness in your life? Play your part. Recognize your part. Stop looking at what other people are doing, what they are not doing well. Don't, be, don't turn yourself into the inspector general of heaven on earth. No, it's not your place. It ain't your business. Amen. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. According to the effective working by which every part, effective working, every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Causes growth. Unhealthy comparison hinders the growth of the advancement of the kingdom of God on earth. Hinders the growth of the church, regardless of the size of your church. You may be, you may be grown in a sense, and I promise my grandma this morning, in your mind, according to human standard, you may be a, a growing church, or you may say you've you, you grown well. But if this if each part are not playing their role and you've set up a system that causes division or you are causing division, you're comparing, you're competing on it, you are not growing. So, I'm going to show them with this. Let our, let our eyes go see beyond our immediate environment. Let our eyes see the big picture. Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God advanced right here on the earth that all men may be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth to embrace disciples. Let's wake up. And not measure your church by another person's church. Uh, they have 1,000 members. You have 500. So there's a problem. No, we are stupid and we are blind. You know, I didn't say you. I said we. When we think that way. Because the human beings has defined success to us. Rather, 
I'll put it this way. We are defining success. Spiritual success. Success according to God. We are defining it and we are defining it and estimating it by human definition of success. Someone has lied to us. Remember what, remember what Jesus said in the book of John? He said, Many of you, you seek the honor. How would you how can you believe when you seek honor from one another and not from the only true God? We seek applause, we seek what they call it, um, accolades from human beings and not from God. Finally, think about it. What profit does it do you if God feels so sad about what you have produced, but everyone in the world celebrates you? Who is your boss? Who is your master? Who is your leader? Do you know how many people have come to meet me and try to tell me what ministry you look like. People have come to me and tell me that if I want my church to become a household name, they need to connect me with people. <laughs> they have no clue what they came to deal with. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I, I thank you this morning because the word we've shared today came from you. Not what we planned, not what I planned, not what I thought, not what I've taken notes about. And Lord, we all collectively receive your word this morning and your correction that we don't compare ourselves with other people in such a way that it hinders the growth of the body of Christ. We repent this morning. We take correction this morning. And we pray, Father, for wisdom and strength and courage to rise up and begin to train our minds to see things how they truly are in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.